This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me as usual are Richard Horse. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we've got seven films that we're going to be covering. Uh, we're kicking off with A Small Fortune. Uh, they're moving on to Craving, Hell's Half Acre, and Space Wars Quest for the Deep Star. Then we have What Remains. After this, uh, Will Bentley will be joining me to talk about Pillow Party Massacre. Our short shot is Happy Mart, and our DTV throwback is the Zoe Bell film Rays. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is A Small Fortune. When a desperate man finds a bag of lost money off the shores of Prince Edward Island, his decision to keep it secret turns his quaint fishing village into a growing crime scene. Um, we've seen this, this type of film a lot, guys, I, I believe. You know, it's, it's, off the top of my head, we've got a simple plan. Um, I'm pretty sure there's one we covered recently, which, which um, you know, is, is sort of smacked with this sort of story. Um, and I was also reminded of the film The Walk, which was the film set in Boston, um, because because we have a lot of um, a lot of people sort of wrangling with this um, Prince Edward Island accent, which is you know it makes some of the dialogue quite quite interesting to try and decipher. Um, Steve, did you see this one? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um... Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, it's like a bargain basement, no country for old men, in a way. Yeah, that yeah. was the other one I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was all right. It was nicely shot. I thought the actual location worked really well. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it is a bit generic. It's, you know, finds the money, criminals come, find it, and it all just tips up. And... I thought some of the characters are interesting, especially um, is it Omar? I think it was called. Yeah, the, 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 the guy with the big bushy beard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was quite interesting. I don't um, think I don't think he was a professional actor though. <laughs> I think he's. Uh... Oh no, no, no! no <laughs> yeah. I don't think he wasn't either. Um... <clears throat> oh, he's actually passed away. Mm. All right, well, that's a shame. Yeah, when was he actually made then? Because he passed away like three years ago. Really? He, he was a professional actor. I just, uh, okay. We're just yeah. that. <laughs> Being really, really disparaging of his career. That's uh, <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it is, you know, it does take a while to sort of get going. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as soon, as soon as that scuzzy guy with the neck tattoos turns up, it's, you know, it does sort of start turning up the heat a bit. Um, so yeah, it's was, it was an interesting film overall, and and the way, you know, the way these guys operate is is, is pretty nasty, for a mm. start. Um, there's uh, and also this interesting sort of dynamic between the uh, the sheriff and his new deputy, who who's yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, oh god, I mean, 
yeah, there's there's clearly no HR on the island, no. you know, in, in that no. department, because um, because it it doesn't make it a very um, hospitable environment for her. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you know, she obviously, you know, trying to be by the book and everything like. That. Mm. It's a bit like yeah. hot fuzz in a way, you know. Hmm. They know how to deal with it better than that, but yeah, it was okay. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I've seen it done better. I've seen it done worse. So. Yeah, uh, Rich, did you see this one? Yes, I did, and I, I think like you, I, you know, I, I thought it took a, a while to get going, sort hmm. of set up, sort of um, bed yourself into the environment that you're in, because it's a really kind of interesting setup of. of, of of essentially um, the the guy that make the guy's making a living uh, pulling a taking a horse and cart basically into the water mm. and dragging up moss, yeah. and that's how he's making his money is he's selling on the moss and they, do, they use it for feed and stuff like that, which I've not come across anything like that before. But he's making you know practically nothing from it, yeah. and it, because in part because he's not as as good as it as as, um, as his uh, predecessors, so there's that going on he's struggling to you know make a go of the life that uh that was part that was passed down to him basically and yeah. you know he's, he sort of feels like he's failing a bit in that um, so we, we see at the beginning that we, we get this sort of old uh sort of cine footage you know sort of yes. cine camera footage where you can see that this you know moss gathering thing was like a booming trade for you know mm. of in a particular period now mm. it's literally just him, you know, sort of trying yeah. to make a, make a living out of it. Yeah. yeah, and how much, you know, it's like time has stood still to a certain extent. I mean, there were certain elements of this which reminded me of a film called Leviathan, which was oh, also yeah. in, this, in a sort yeah. of a desolate sort of uh, area and stuff. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, it kicks in. It does sort of start to warm up and kick into gear um, after around 20 minutes or so. Uh, it's only an hour and a half movie, so it doesn't outstay its welcome. But it is, like, mm. as you say, it's quite a well-worn story. Very Cohen Brothers at times, mm -hmm. especially uh, as you say the um, uh, the police sort of presence. I was uh, specifically, uh, I really liked um, uh, 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 Sheriff Bradley because mm. uh, initially he comes along and he's kind of messing with the the, the new recruits, trying to hand out some tickets or whatever, and he's, he's saying basically just you know leave it alone you know he's yeah. he's let it go kind of thing and it seemed you initially you're on you're not on his side because mm. you think you know you, you he's messing with her and she seems like she's doing the right thing but then as the story unfolds you re realize that he he really although he's abrasive he does mm. kind of understand the environment that he's working in and the people and actually the people do kind of mobilize without any real encouragement to sort of help uh, to, to their own uh, sort of detriment in some cases yeah. as, as it unfolds um, because they because they don't have reinforcements or whatever to call upon um, the so yeah the thriller aspect really kicks in and I, I did enjoy it although I say as you, as you say we have seen that whole found a bag of money <laughs> kind mm. of uh, dilemma yeah. kind of thing a, a million times before um, so the a simple plan was for me also one that really sort of this, jumped into my mind. Yeah, this very much did a Bill Paxton year. kind of thing. It's something did last year, which had Simon Phillips in it, hmm. and it was it was literally the the sheriff who was a woman sort of going oh. from place to place, you know, sort of tracing the steps backwards. Yeah, basically. I remember that. Yeah, that was that was a weird one. Yeah. Was it like Rust and Bone or something? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, something along those sort of lines. 
Yeah. Okay. So scoring this one, uh, Steve. I'll give this six. Mm -hmm. I'm between a six and a seven, I must admit. But I think I'm going to go for a six on this one. And okay. Rich. I was very engrossed. I, I really, really liked it a lot. Um, yeah. and after, you know, once it kicked into gear, so I'm going to give it an eight. All right. Okay. I did like those two punky girls on the on the quad bikes. Yeah. <laughs> who just did not give two fucks about anything, you know. No <laughs> parent in sight at no, all. No. This, this yep. you know, you got that guy, you know, with the neck tattoos and the gum and everything turns up, and they're like, "What the fuck are you looking at?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fast. Um, okay, so that's two sixes and an eight for a small fortune. Go check it out. Our next review is Craving. The late-night patrons of a roadhouse are held hostage by a group of drug addicts. Meanwhile, a group of mysterious masked figures barricade them inside, and as withdrawal starts to set in, a secret one of them is carrying threatens to destroy them all. Um, this is, you know, it's it's a low-budget film, Steve. Um, yeah. It, it, it is, you know, it has similarities, especially because of the setting, with uh, a film called Feast that we reviewed yeah. on the um, throwbacks not too long ago. Um, <clears throat> my main issue with this film, and I, I you know, I, I do like a lot of elements in this. I do have one problem with it though, and that is it starts not in in the media res, but it does start at the end and and, and sort of jumps back. So. But it's it's like you know an yeah. epilogue, but at the beginning. So the film starts with these two cops coming in and seeing all the carnage and everything that's happened and find the survivor, um, and then we sort of jump back to the night before, and what happens. My problem yeah. is that the film seems to forget its initial setup <laughs> because it never goes back to it. No. Nope. It never goes back to the fact, you know, it, it, it gives itself a completely different ending um, yeah. to, to what they initially set up, which is weird. You know, it's like, oh, shit, we forgot to do that bit. Oh, well, you know, hopefully nobody will notice. But, but it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Um, some of the reaction shots are dreadful, you know, considering what's going on on screen. People look bored <laughs> just yeah. looking at it. Um, but I, I did like the, co the the concept. I did like the structure of it with the, the flashbacks and things to sort of try and fill in. Um, there are still big gaps as as to what was you know really going on and stuff. Um, and I did like the idea of you know these guys withdrawing from their drug addictions, but one of them could be withdrawing from their blood addiction shall we say but again that's something which gets lost later on because you know what 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 comes out of the film is just killing everyone it's not feeding on anyone so it's not really sort of sating any craving yeah <laughs> it, it yeah. seems like they've forgotten about that bit again it's like yeah we've got a creature which is like killing everyone it's great yeah, but the whole point of the film is, is you know, he's turned into this creature because he's craving for something. It seems to have been, you know, I don't know, a bit lost in translation. How, how do you feel yeah. about this one? Uh, it wasn't for me, I'll be honest. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't like... You're not, a you're not a blood and guts guy, yeah. No, I'm not. And 
to be fair, the first the first half I thought, well, yeah, kind of get it. I mean, the acting was terrible. I'll be brutally honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the girl in the blue top mm-hmm. was was just awful. She couldn't act her way out of the paper bag. I'm sorry, but she, every line was just just dreadful. And then you know, it's kind of well shot. It's not. You can tell there's obviously hardly any budget there. And then it gets to the midway point where it it turns. It just does like a from dusk till dawn, basically. Hmm. And that's kind of when it went downhill for me. It just... It kind of came out of nowhere, really. You know, I mean, there's people say, oh, you're, you know, he's a monster and he's a monster and all that stuff and kind of thing. And then... But that's the only thing. There's no... Hmm. Back, back up to it you know what I mean it just goes from naught to zero you know from zero to a hundred in like 20 seconds and then that was when it yeah that was when it lost me to be fair I mean even even the credits are, are doing it as well you know hmm. um, I think I only made it halfway through the credits before I turned off to be fair because it was just the same thing over and over again so I know I some think, people will like it, but it, yeah. it's not for me. It you know the, the gore stuff. I'm sure people get into, but the, yeah. it's the you know it, it it it's they've got the concept, but they just don't follow through with it. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. with all the flashbacks and stuff, it was looking pretty cool, and it was all you know gelling together. And then it's like, well, oh, you, you've forgotten the whole idea of what you're actually driving at here. Yeah, um, which was annoying unfortunately yeah so yeah. yeah okay so on that note steve how are you going to score craving i'll give it a five all right i'm going to be a bit more generous um i'll give it a six it did not stay as welcome um I, I did like a lot of it uh but yeah it's just those inconsistencies in the script that didn't mm. you know I mean, I'm, I'm not one. I'm not one to sort of really pick holes with, with you know, or, or yeah, pick holes in plots and things. <laughs> usually, a lot of this stuff just goes way over my head. But but unfortunately, this was too glaring for me to yeah. overlook, even for me. So there you go. So it's a five and a six for craving. Go check it out. <laughs> Our next review is Hell's Half Acre. A team of YouTubers who film themselves exploring abandoned buildings find themselves in a long disused prison where much to their horror, they discover some of the inmates haven't completely left. Um, Guys, we covered a film a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, at least a year ago, called uh, Paranormal Prison, uh, which we covered in episode 175. Um, that was a really good version of this, um, where it was a group of people who are actually paranormal investigators doing their YouTube video, setting up all their equipment and that sort of thing and, and filming stuff that was going on. Um, this has similar ideas, but instead of actually being, you know, with the paranormal equipment and stuff, these are just guys who go to abandoned buildings. In fact, there was another film we did, we, we covered uh, not so long ago. Um, about a guy who meets up with his childhood best friend for his birthday, and it turns out he's sold his soul to the devil or something. 
and he's doing a similar sort of thing. Yes. One of these videos. Yeah. You remember, remember which one? Yeah, yeah. yeah hard, but I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, um, this has some good ideas. Uh, it's got a brilliant twist about three quarters of the way in um, that they pull out. Um, but it's it's again it's it's some of the acting um, that lets it down, and and it's it's the possessed or, or the sort of demonic convict guys, the way they act. It's almost like they're trying to ape like Predator without the Predator makeup, you know, the way they sort of yeah. spread their arms and sort of like, you know they sort of bare their teeth and stuff like this. Um, and I I just think you know they they need to sort of spend more time thinking about how they're going to approach this sort of thing a bit it's it's just too it's it's nowhere near scary you know what i mean it's it's just like okay there are some good ideas in here um that's for sure and it is mostly well shot i i did enjoy watching it probably because of the familiarity with it with the, the previous one the paranormal prison one um but it, yeah, yeah. The other, actually, the other good thing about this is is that there are a couple of survivors get out the other end. You know, a lot of people die in the film. Um, a couple of do actually sort of manage to get out, and there is a good sort of five minutes of screen time of them, you know, full of remorse and you know, sort of being hit with guilt about what happened and. Do, can they believe it? How do they tell people what happened, you know, and all this sort of stuff? I thought that was, it was quite a good sort of moment of pathos for the film. Um, and, and it's something that a lot of films just do not do, you know, they they, they would probably cut that five minutes out. So I, I was sort of quite impressed with that. Um, but if I was to compare it with Paranormal Prison, which, you know, there, there are so many similarities. Sort of between, it could be even be the same location they used. Um, I, I would go with the former over this. But even so, I, I'd give this a 6 out of 10. Our next review is Space Wars Quest for the Deep Star. Space explorer Kip and his daughter find themselves on the run from bounty hunters while at the same time searching for the long-lost starship Deep Star, which is rumoured to be full of treasure. Um, we covered a film a couple of weeks ago, Steve, called Colonials. Yes. Which was, really? you know, it, it, it had ambitious special effects and an absolutely terrible story. Yeah. This one has a similar look to it. It's, some of the effects in this are actually pretty decent. There are some really ropey stuff in there as well. But I think, yeah. you know, there are some really good bits in this. But I, I found this to be a lot more enjoyable. Um, you know, it was a lot more enjoyable watching this. The, the acting was better. The, the characterization was there. Um, you know, there's a bit of background to it all. And, and I didn't feel it was leaning too heavily into any sort of well-known franchises you know um so so yeah i i, I must admit i i did like this one a lot um how did you get on with it i really enjoyed it to be fair um like you said some of the effects are a little bit ropey but mm. <clears throat> when i was watching it, i wasn't i 
in my own head, I was comparing it to uh, Colonials, to be fair, you know, mm. with the obviously lack, lack of budget and stuff like that. But it's actually got a decent script that works, makes sense, and it's 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 fun. Yeah, to me. you know that that was the thing that I I just found it enjoyable, and it mm. was you know some of that's a bit ropey, but to be fair, like Michael Parr and mm. even Olivia Gruner. I thought they're actually pretty decent in it, and the guy, the girl who plays his daughter, hmm. uh, Sarah French. I thought she was really good. She was good, yeah. Yeah, you know, there was, and... there was one bit, one bit that did make me laugh. You know, did make me chuckle. Was um, uh, Michael Parry's character? He steals this coin or something off off this uh, this crime lord woman, yeah. and she's like, "That was my sister's favorite." You know, most most prized possession or something. And he's like, "What happened to his sister?" And he goes, "Well, I shot her." Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I liked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, this is mean, good. Yeah, solid. Even the um, you know, like the twist at the end. You know, like mm. where he's he turns into a a bastard and stuff like that, and. You know, after stringing her along and stuff. Even the bit in the cave, I thought, was quite good as well. Yeah. You know, where they, where they find out what it actually is and stuff. And, yeah, it's just it's just fun. You know, it's, mm. it's not too taxing. It's not too serious. It's just... It does what it says on the tin, is all I can say. You know, it, you get what you expect with it, but it does it yeah. well. Absolutely, and as you say, you know, you're not, you're not confused. You know, you're not sort of screaming at the at the characters like, "Why are you doing this stupid thing?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is what we were doing with Colonials. You know, yeah, um, you know, this this is a lot more fun. Um, it's, it's it's got a bit of heart to it, um, and yeah, it's it's you know, hopefully, you get more adventures of uh, Kip and his daughter, and and you know, the other mm-hmm. person they picked up along the way. So, yeah, a solid one. This one. Uh, how are you going to score it? Uh, I'll give it a ooh, down to seven. seven or eight. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'll go eight. All right. Yeah, why not? I was going to say it's at least worth a seven. This um, yeah. it is it is one of the fun ones. So so yeah, let's give it an eight. So two eights for Space Wars: Quest for the Deep Star. Go check it out. Our next review is What Remains. A small town pastor is forced to reckon with an act of forgiveness when the convict he forgave for murdering his wife returns to town five years later. Meanwhile, the town sheriff investigates another murder that may be related. Um, That other sheriff is played by Anne Hesch, who made this film about four four months before she died, apparently. Or... or, or, um, yeah, or it came out four months after she died. One of the two. Um, um, unfortunately, she doesn't get a lot to do in this. Um, the focus is on Kellen Lutz mainly um, as the uh, the convict. We, we never actually saw. We, we learn very late in the film the circumstances of him um, killing uh, the pastor's wife. Um, uh, yeah, so the pastor is called um, called Marshall. He's played by Quest Williams. Sorry, Quest Williams. Um, very good performance. Uh, you know, we get this bit at the beginning where he does his eulogy for his wife's uh, funeral, 
Uh, it's, it's, it's really well done. Um, Kellen Lutz, you know, he, he plays this sort of typical James Dean style drifter, you know, loner kind of guy, just out of prison, back in his hometown. He, he was sensibly there to sort of try and look after his mum. Um, but, you know, he needs a job for his parole and this sort of stuff. So the pastor helps him out. Trouble is, the pastor's son, who's about to go to college, absolutely hates the idea and, and all this, you know, there's a lot of conflict between the two. Meanwhile, Anne Hesh's character is the sheriff. We see her at the beginning uh, investigating a murder. There's a truck which has been set on fire, which is close by to a field. And there's a body inside. And she's doing all her sort of crime scene investigation stuff. You know, there's another vehicle here, tire tracks and all the sorts, all this sort of stuff. And as the um, IMDb synopsis suggests, that's going to tie into the main plot. It never does. We never, never hear anything about that again. Um, there are some very strange directorial, uh, well, visual choices in this film. There's a whole sequence where there's a split screen when there is absolutely no need for a split screen. So on, on the left-hand side, we've got the, the pastor's son talking. On the right-hand side, we're looking at, um, you know, the island in the middle of the kitchen and nothing's on it. It is, it is very, very bizarre, you know, why, why they've, they've done it this way. Um, yeah, so things come to a head eventually, um, and somebody makes a very rash decision, a very fatal decision, and you know, there's uh, somebody else tries to cover it up. Basically, it's it's a bit hallmarky, shall we say? You know, it's it's very sort of TV movie of the week. Um, the, the way it's sort of filmed. It, it's kind of very flat, you know. It, it's almost like everyone's being filmed in in front of a, a wall, or you know, in a very sort of confined space. It's, it looks very strange. Um, and then it just ends without any sort of like, you know, any wrap up or anything. It just sort of basically peters out and goes, "That'll do," I guess. <laughs> it's it's a very strange film. Um, unfortunately. There's another film released this year called What Remains with uh, Stellan Skarsgård. And I was kind of hoping it was this one. You know, that was the one that we're actually going to be reviewing. But no, we end up with this thing. Um, but anyway, um, I'm giving this a five out of ten. So if that floats your boat, Ken, and that's, you know, looking a bit rugged, go check it out. Our next review is Pillow Party Massacre. Five girls, all best friends, all haunted by their past mistakes of an April Fool's prank gone fatally wrong, meet again after two years for a summer break getaway in the woods to reconnect and reconcile. Um, I'm joined by Will Bentley for this one. Hi, Will. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. So um, this is a film which wears its influences very much on its sleeve. It practically tattooed on its on its forearm for all to see. Um, you know, the, the, the filmmakers are obviously fans of like the 80s slasher genre. It's, it's probably the screen movies as well, for, for good measure. But certainly this is sort of veering towards the, um, you know, the 80s heyday 
I'd say, um, you know, right from the beginning, we got that sort of, you know, the, the high school dance scene and, and the music is really evocative of like the sort of um, electronic sort of uh, 80s sound, you know, sort of flock of seagulls, that sort of thing. Um, so, so it gets you sort of right in that sort of vibe straight away. Yeah. I mean, from the start, it was the prom, wasn't it? It was like... The, the, yeah, I think uh, so, yeah. And then all the... It was like um, I thought. I thought it was the Cure at first. I don't think it was. Mm. Like the music, and it was this kind of really kind of slow motion kids dancing in a in the high school gym or hall that's been done up for the for the April Fools. Yeah, that's right. Because it's it's, spring it's an April Fools dance. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. It's set on April first. That that yeah. particular bit. Yeah. And then the music was like, I mean, it was pretty good actually. Um, but it was just all really, it was really weird because you're watching it thinking, is it? I mean, it's not set in the 80s, but it really, it, mm. it was kind of riffing heavily all the way through on like 80s music. I mean, it, you know, and that that kind of synth pop way of yeah. vocal stuff, that that was the music that they kind of went for all the way through. I think it's pretty neat. Got, you know, it set the scene for me pretty well for all the, all the kind of slasher horrors I'd watched at that you know, <laughs> during that time. Absolutely. Um, then, then we get the sort of like the inciting incident, inciting incident, yeah, inciting yeah. incident, um, <laughs> which is this sort of pretty mean April Fool's joke. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a shame we didn't get to know the character a bit better because all her friends are sort of sure that oh, you know, th- th- she's done much worse than this, you know, mm. but it's all. After the event, you know, it's like, mm. oh, you know, she can't take a joke, all the rest of it. Mm. Um, it's it's a shame we didn't learn a bit more about her before it happened to give it a bit more context, you know. But it's a case of, you know, she 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 thinks they've gone way overboard. Um, I think they went way overboard, to be quite honest. And she takes yeah, it I out do. on she takes it out on a particular person. I was quite impressed with that actually. Um, how how, how quickly things sort of went south there yeah um, yeah and that was kind of um i mean it was it was yeah it was quite shocking actually like what what happened because i mean it's the, it's the it's kind of a carry setup isn't it basically mm. it's, you know the first thing i thought of which was another classic 80s um you know yeah. the original sissy spacex mm. one, yeah, yeah. It? and it was it was pretty much it was that condensed into about sort of 10 minutes um it, you know except she just <laughs> She really goes off the deep end. Um, Absolutely, yeah. With, with her revenge, um, but and it because it was it was weird how, like when you know when they pull the prank and stuff, and then they're all like, "Oh no, she'll be fine." Yeah, um, you know this is right up her street kind of thing, and it wasn't like done for. It wasn't done to kind of totally destroy her, but it. it that, oh yeah, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't so sort of like a real mean spirited like uh, you know like Carrier is like yeah we're gonna destroy this girl sort of thing. It's like we we just taking the piss out of one of our friends. You know, it's like mm-hmm. like drawing a mustache on somebody when they fall asleep at a party or something like that. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, you know that's yeah. that's how they 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 saw it, but you know they obviously. She she felt a lot deeper for this character than they they possibly realised. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So things went south pretty quick. Um, then we sort of jump forward a couple of years, um, and you know this group are all split up and doing their own thing now. All, all graduated from from high school. Some of some of college, they? yeah, all at college mm. and things like that. And they they get you know some of them are getting together for this. Um, you know, sort of summer break, get away. 
Mm. Um, and I think it's so the main character is it Sam? Yes, Laura, Laura mm. Welsh plays the main sort of you know the central character that we're mm. sort of following. And I think it's it's her sister, isn't it? It sort of convinces her that she should go to this thing, you know, and everyone's sort of happy. Um, but it's it's not long before we realise that uh, somebody's out to do them in. Um, you know, the, the sort of the person who's, um, so, you know, the apartment they're sort of staying in or the, the lodge they're staying in, uh, she's done away with quite quickly by some masked figure. Again, you know, um, her, her sort of kill scene was, was actually sort of quite reminiscent of um, Lucio Fulci. Um, it sort of references a couple of things because the eyeball popping out is 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 one you know lots of mm. eyeball stuff in Fulci's films, uh, but also the the you know the knife to the back of the head um, mm. is, is sort of the original kill from um, House by the Cemetery. Got the things I know. Um, <laughs> give, me, give me give me an example of, of Fulci. Fulci. Uh, um, okay. The... Might not know. Well, the Beyond is 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 one of his absolute classics, also known as the Gates of Hell, I believe. Um, um, Zombie Flesh Eaters is probably the most famous uh, one, um, right. which which features a zombie versus shark and a woman having her face or her eye impaled on a splinter of wood. Is mm. is um, sort of the other classic bit. All sorts like that, yeah. Um, the Beyond features a great scene where a guy's sort of uh, looking for a book in, in a library, falls off the ladder, and is attacked by tarantulas who eat his face. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It really is. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so you know, the, the, as I said, the, the filmmakers are definitely sort of um, pandering to its audience, I think, you know, yeah. um, let, letting people know exactly um where they stand on this sort of thing one thing I, I did like about the script actually um is the element of remorse and and the, the mm. guilt they feel i mean you know obviously you got things like i know what you did last summer but um i i, I kind of felt this one dealt with it a bit better you know because you know um you know, they, they at one point they get very sort of confrontational with each other and you know, and really in their face um, about you know either ignore you know it's like the elephant in the room and they're doing some of them are doing their best to ignore it some of them are trying to be really glib about it you know um, but but there is a moment where Sam sort of sits down with with one of the other girls and she's like you know I, I, I didn't really want to mention it but mm. really really miss having her around sort of thing you know and. Uh, yeah, and she's yeah. Like, oh, thank, thank God. You know, thank God somebody said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually thought. I mean, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Like the, the the setup for that was she's talking with her her, her brother, who, hmm. um, you know, it, it, it was was basically the most. Because I was watching it, thinking I didn't didn't know who he was. Sort of hmm. when she walked in and started talking, and he was the, he was just coming out of the most abrasive, cynical, snarky. And I was like, Jesus, this guy doesn't give a toss. But, you know, it was quite, um, you know, because he's sort of having a go at her for, you know, her, her state of grief, basically. Yeah. But then still gradually you realise that, you know, that's, that's just the, the way they communicate. And, you know, that there's, there was quite a lot of kind of honesty and communication and openness, hmm. which, you know, I mean, it's not, I'll be 100% honest, it's not the smoothest script 
Um, True. Yeah. Like in, just in terms of like how the dialogue meshes together when people are talking. Um, you know, but it, I, I think, you know, to be honest with you, that that's more, that's not the problem. That's not the script or the actors necessarily. It's, it's um, perhaps a slightly unforgiving way of editing, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, way, way of directing it. There's quite a lot of long dialogue scenes and stuff. True. But I actually, I actually thought, I thought it worked really well, um, you know, and it showed, and then, you know, obviously it kind of, that prompted her to, you know, to actually, yes, go off, go off and do this, go and meet all your friends, even though it's, it's quite hard and you're quite messed up and you clearly haven't dealt with it and you're not sure it's a good idea. Mm. And, and then she goes there and then that scene you're talking about, you know, she's like wanting to confront it and the rest of them, you know, she has that moment with the one girl in the room and then when she tries to sort of bring it up, it goes as badly as you kind of know it's going to because the rest of them have already expressed that they, they don't can't and, and really aren't able to talk about it. Hmm. I actually thought for a film like this, they that was done really well. I thought so. Yeah, and it, and it leads into the sort of uh, you know the, the title of the film kind of thing because suddenly we get this big sort of pillow fight between them. I thought that was um, a sort of, a good sort of yeah, moment that, of catharsis for them. You know, it was because done really be honest, well. It was the yeah it was it was doing really well because like you've been I'm sat there thinking Jesus this is like you know the most kind of sledgehammer segue from genuinely sort of deep heartfelt emotions into mm. this this really exploitative mm. scene where they're all kind of like you know it's another slow motion 80s synth pop um you know four beautiful girls having a pillow fight and you're thinking that well you know actually they managed to get from that sort of quite mawkish scene into this. Um, yeah, it all works really. <laughs> actually. Yeah, it was a good segue. Yeah, and it kind of and it was necessary because it wasn't the film couldn't and wasn't wasn't going to be about it wasn't a downer you know at all. It was a, it's a, it is still at heart a slasher movie. It's just actually dealt with the reality of like slasher. That's the weird thing about this film. I thought it was like definitely two films in one because it actually dealt with um real it's world awesome. moments. Yeah you know really really rather well and then it had these kind of that you know the pillow the pillow fight scene which was just you know like what the hell was that but it was like really good and, and then the and then and then the slashing then, then the actual slashing which was like bloody hell <laughs> yeah the um you know the, this isn't a parody is it? you know with, with the title like pillow party mask you know you may be led to believe it's going to be you know a parody like scary movie or something like that it's not it, it um, it is a straight up sort of slasher movie. Um, I, I think the difference is, you know, this does lean a bit towards Scream in that its characters are sort of self-aware. Um, you know, they they know the sort, you know, the setup they're in. You know, sort of like about not abandoned, but sort of isolated location, and there's an escape loony on the loose. Mm. You know, a couple of them comment like. Oh Christ, we're in a bloody horror movie. Yeah, so, which is which is quite good because when I think the lights go out at some point, the first thing is that like we've got to get out of here. We've got to phone the police. We've got to, you know, yeah. it's like that. It's, it's not like oh, I wonder what's going on. It's like no, they yeah, know. No, they no, know exactly what, what's going on, and they got it, you know, and they and they react to it, which is which is you know great. It's actually quite refreshing. I do have an issue though. Um, you know, I'm not going to reveal who the killer is or what their motive is, mm. but but the motive 
doesn't fit the carnage. No. Um, because the motive is very specific to the people in the house. Yeah. And yet yeah, yeah, a whole load of other people die. You know, I was going to say, a didn't... bunch of other people get wasted <laughs> along the way that had absolutely nothing to do nothing with it. Nothing to do with it. Just wrong place, yeah. wrong time sort of thing. And even then, they didn't necessarily have to, you know, it's, it's, it's not as if they spot the killer and go, huh, I wonder who that stranger is or anything like that. It's, it's you know, um, having said that, sort of one, one of those, um, he's probably the most brutal and sh- shocking kill of the film. Um so, so, so two people outside of the house is all I'm going to say yeah. um, who, who find an abandoned car um, that, yeah. that was actually that was actually really shocking that moment it's like, yeah, that's not the way I thought that was going to go down and at all. shocking and also like a little I mean just genuinely surprising you know, it's kind of like yeah huh. yeah exactly well, that, on but, the supernatural that one i mean it was really it, it quite is, unbelievable yeah well that, well that's that's the other thing as well because you know geography gets in the way of the plot um towards the end because you know the, the people the remaining people sort of manage to split up and run for it or at least a couple of them manage to get out of the house and, and run to the hills and yet the killer still manages to find them and then yeah. go back to the house you yeah. know yeah <laughs> and it was at that point i'm thinking are there two is killers? Is, yeah, is, is this yeah, going yeah, down yeah. screen to you know? Is this yeah. really going the screen route or something like that? But um, no, we're still stuck with one killer. But I think, yeah, a bit of possibly a continuity thing going on there, you know. But if you can forgive that, then it, I, I think this is a solid, um, you know, it, it's it's a love letter to to the eighties slashers. I think basically, yeah, yeah. and it, I mean done done with a you know with with. Some real guts. <laughs> yeah, it does get um, nice and, and bloody at, at times. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I mean, and and just, it's. I mean, it's it is like a definite. It's an it, it's an it is a homage to, mm. like the sort of classic eighties horrors. But, oh, I mean, there's a, there's another real... one. Yeah, here's another obscure one. Um, the final the final girl to die, um, with the with the box cutter. Which, which is quite grim. That in itself was a reference to um, a film called House by the Edge of the Park, um, <laughs> which was um, it was directed by Ruggero Diodato, um, who also did uh, Cannibal Holocaust, mm. and it was quite a famous film because uh, because the the main sort of bad guy and that was a guy called David Hess, who was also in. Uh, last house on the left, you know, it's so, so <laughs> there's all these sort of little little references going on there. I was gonna say, I mean, even the name of that film sounds like a direct sort of uh tribute to mm. last house on the left, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah, oh, it was, it was definitely sort of like you know, um, mm. heavily referencing that and similarly nasty film as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here because, like, I didn't, um. Oh, I, I don't even know if we can. If you, don't, you don't want to do spoilers, but like, the character known in the cast only as Trash Can Man in the beginning. Mm. Was that a complete sort of red herring? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> there's something in there's something that happened in that encounter that, like, for the life of me, I, did they? I don't think they circled back around to it. No, I don't think they did. Which is just an odd one. But anyway, I don't want to say any more because obviously, like, we don't we don't like spoilers on the. <laughs> 
we try not we try to avoid them yeah but this is you know it it's i think it's lacking a bit of budget the you know the cast are all, are all unknown i mean that sort of is, is a little bit in his favor i guess because you don't know you know no, no one's pulling any star power to survive the film um we, no, everyone's, this, working, everyone's working everyone is definitely singing for their supper and nets everyone is oh, definitely well. everyone's working really well the, the location's very good you know the, the, the house that they use and the mm -hmm. um you know, make good make good use of that so yeah it, it's a solid film um i i enjoyed it a lot i must admit so yeah how about yourself yeah, me, too. me yeah. too definitely i mean I, i'd go along with and it's 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 an odd one because like what you're saying about you know it it could do with a bit more budget um like there's 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 not very many bits where you where you find yourself thinking that because mm. everything is everything is solidly shot um in this and they don't do they really they make use of mystery and darkness in mm. terms of the the actual you know the actual slasher bits um uh they don't kind of overplay their hands so the effects are they're not shown up for being weak or mm -hmm. under under budget at all you know what they what they did in terms of you know physical effects and stuff and lighting and camera it's it's all good it's it's like it's i think it's sort of it shows up if you look at it overall just in the in the sense that there is hardly any there's 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 a couple of lo a couple of interior locations mm. um you know after the after the the prom at the start there's like basically two houses and the rest of it is you know kind of outside and stuff but like yeah that's right you know they in terms of set dressing in terms of like getting the the you know making making the, the, the scenery work for them they did they did really well oh and there's even a couple of um drone shots in there that should please you that's right yeah i, I don't mind drone shots it, it it's only it's drones it, it, it's 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 films it's films that think drones are cool you know i don't mind drone yeah. shots you know overhead shots that sort of thing but, but you know it does help the production value but there, there, there was a whole series of like Steven Seagal movies and shit, you know, where where they, they really thought drones were the shit, yeah. and there'd be whole scenes of someone standing stock still flying a drone, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. dreadful. I mean, it's, no, it's a bit weak. no, but I mean they <laughs> used, they used them, you know, in, it, it's just it's made low budget filmmaking. It's given it sort of whole new dimensions, and they they mm. didn't overuse it in this, but they used a couple of nice shots of you know over the over the highways and things like that which were just slick and it just added to the like you say it just adds to the, to the production um you know like i said makes use of made use of the scenery mm -hmm. um, and um but i it's you know not gonna lie i mean there are there are bits in it where like i said there were bits where i thought the script was really sensitively done and and, and really you know sensibly done but then there's yeah. bits where you just think you know, there's there's also bits where you're thinking mm, that slow motion scene didn't need to last that long and that dialogue, you know, is good. Why is it not pasted together a bit more kindly than it is? Do you know what I mean? Why is it? Yeah. Of, it, there was bits where it was just a bit jerky, and it's I don't it, I don't think at all it was to do with the acting and direction. It was just to do with they perhaps they could have they they could have stitched it together a little bit more smoothly. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's you know that's it because actually there was some really great production values in this film for how much it probably didn't cost them. I think I think you know you know that slow mo dance scene at the beginning. I, th I think if they if they'd managed to get a few more extras 
in that yeah. scene. Yeah. You know, it did, it did look a bit it's sparkly attended. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, sort of, I mean, they're doing their best to sort of look at, you know, to, to you know, make up for it. But I think, you know, if, if they'd managed to fill that hall or something like that, um, that that would have helped. But there you go. Definitely. Other than I mean, that, because it, yeah, no, I mean, you you could you could kind of see it in that, you know, and it's all that that thing of having people dancing in a, you know, it must a, be hard. It really because obviously yeah. they don't have the music. You know, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen you know behind the scenes footage of, of other films where they got that big nightclub scene, and all it is is just a load of people stomping around, yeah. and then the music's added afterwards. It's like oh, it must be so difficult to actually you know pretend you're having a good time. You know, acting in fact, you know, <laughs> slow mowing it is probably the yeah. only way that they can make it. It doesn't. You don't have to sync it then. Yeah, you have to try and sync it. Um, but it was also just a, just a little bit too light, and a, like you say, absolutely a little the crowd is a little mm. bit too thin. But like, yeah, that's the thing because because it, it's like it looks like it's been shot in the afternoon, isn't it? It's like yeah. I mean, you, you'd hope it would be like in the evening or something, and then yeah, you know, a bit more sort of lights and things. But other than that, you know, that's about it, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. is, I think. Um, okay, so how are you going to score it out of ten, Will? I'm going to be generous, I think, with this one because I think. You know, I think it um, it deserves it. I think um, it would it really did play to the eighties thing. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of nice little details, a lot of stuff I didn't notice, which you did, obviously. Um, little kind of you know Easter eggs for for the real fans of the slasher genre, but I just thought it had like a real. It really held up the slasher genre and, and paid it a great tribute. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say, you know, for the kind of film that it is, I'm going to say that it's a solid seven. I'm going to join you on a seven. Yeah, this is definitely solid stuff. It's not a parody or anything like that, you know, but it is a bit of a love letter in a, in a sort of homage to the um, the 80s style with a bit of sort of, um, you know, self-awareness that the sort of scream films sort of brought, brought to the genre. Um, definitely worth checking out. So two sevens for Pillow Party Massacre. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Happy Mart. An undercover operative's cover is blown and must rely on a rookie for backup when her Happy Mart is besieged by assassins. Um, quite a short one. It's about five minutes. It's, um, excuse me, it is directed by... Um, Catherine Hughes. Thank you very much. Yeah, Catherine Hughes, who also did a film called uh, Yellow Belt Fury, which um, which been which covered um, a long time ago. Uh, very good film. Uh, she's got a couple more on the way. I really like this. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. It's uh, you know it, it's not the best choreographed film or the best shot film. You know, uh, best shot choreography we've seen, uh, but it is solid. It's got a decent sort of sense of humor. It's quite playful. Um, I did like the bit where the, um, you know, the evil agent sort of kicks <laughs> kicks her guys in the face. Um, yeah, thought it was quite amusing. But yeah, it, I I would like to see more of this. Basically, I, th- I thought um, what they've given us is a nice tease. Um, I'd like to see how this develops with the, with this new, you know, this pairing of this duo. How do you get on with this, Steve? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's Short, sweet, snappy. Um, yeah, a little bit rough around the edges, I think, some of the choreography. Um, but it is shot well, and like like you said, when the um, 
the baddies turn up. And he like kicks him in the face and puts a cigarette out on his on his neck. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, fair enough. You know. <laughs> it made me laugh. There's yeah, um it's enjoyable, yeah. Yeah. I, I, will, I will shout out that there's a really good um sort of tracking shot early on in this when you know this other the rookie turns up and they jump over the you know behind the counter and then yeah. sort of sneak around the side and it's all yeah, one yeah. nice sort of uh, tracking shot I, I thought that was sort of very technically adept thought it was very good um yeah, yeah the uh, cinematography you know the way that the film's lit is it's, it's it gives it that sort of comic book feel as well I did, I did also the other bit i liked as well when they come outside and what one of the henchmen is sort of tapping away on the calculator and the other one's using a squeegee on the you know on, on the, on the, <laughs> on thing. the wall yeah it, it, it just very yeah. giggle a bit so yeah it was, it was very good uh rich how, how do you like this one yeah i, I liked it all. i didn't like it as much as uh, yellow belt fury i thought mm, that yeah. film sort of had a, a, a bit more novelty a bit more you know a bit more interesting that we have uh, well, not that we haven't seen before, but like was quite playful with with some yeah. of the ideas that weren't maybe as common as perhaps this sort of undercover agents kind of story is. Mm. But yeah, it's got that. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of a a clerksy sort of feel to it because it's a convenience store setting, and you know, um, you know, tied in with um, you know that sort of uh, a little bit of world building with this sort of secret organization and the covers and and stuff and they team up and there was a the, the um one of the heroines had a little bit of an amy johnston kind of presence about her which i quite yeah. like uh, she was the one who was sort of working at the store i believe um at the time i can't remember but the um it was a few weeks ago that i actually watched this because it's it, it, it came out a few weeks ago i follow the uh, uh, catherine hughes on uh, on vimeo mm -hmm. and it popped up in, um, in my feed if i recall correctly so i was very pleasantly surprised because i wasn't expecting something new from her so quickly uh, and uh, yeah this this it's not i wouldn't say it's as good but it's it's definitely an, another good example of you know her as a good quality you know director of action comedy uh, martial mm -hmm. arts stuff uh, working with them um, uh, people like Alfred Singh. Yeah. Uh, I would I would really like to see um, more and yeah, sort of you know a bigger project uh, from her. You know whether that's like something that run uh, still short, but maybe like twenty minutes or something, mm -hmm. or um you know going for a full feature, which I'm sure she's she's uh, she's trying to do. If she's not done already, I'm not sure if she's done any features. I'll be honest. Um, I'm just not you know, not, not directed. A... No, yeah. no, no. I think got she's... two more shorts on the way. Um, Two more shots on the way. Yeah, we're yeah. also going to see her acting soon because uh, we'll be covering uh, the resurrection of Charles Manson uh, towards <laughs> the end of the month, and and she's uh, she's one of the actresses in that. So mm -hmm. one of the, I will say one of the films that IMDb lists as uh, coming soon, mm. I think is still is already available. I'm not sure if because uh, IMDb is right. a bit funny sometimes, but it's a it's it's one that's set in the West, and I'm oh, pretty Joe, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty Joe. I'm pretty sure I've got that on my watch list, unless it's a trailer. But uh, I'm just going to have a quick look just to just to see if I can see it. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It is no, it was released because film shortage uh, picked uh, picked up on it, and uh, yeah, it is it is available. So that is uh, yeah, it's about eleven minutes that one. So I definitely want to check. That's another 
and I don't know if it's actiony, but it's a sort of a Western revenge kind of story. Uh, sounds a bit different to, to these two. So definitely mm. want to check that out next. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we don't score the shorts, but we do recommend you go check them out. Um, yeah, this one and Yellow Belt Fury, we both enjoyed. Uh, looking forward to sort of checking out more of the stuff. So click on the link in the footnotes below to watch this film. Our DTV throwback this week is Raze. 50 women have been kidnapped and forced to fight one another to the death. Sabrina vows to make it out alive and rescue her estranged daughter. Uh, this stars Zoe Bell, uh, made in 2013. Uh, our friend uh, Mike Fury used this as the cover for his first volume of um, uh, Life of Action, which is really cool. And it is a very different film to what you may imagine it to be, I think. It has a very different flavour to it. It's much more sort of nihilistic than most act, you know, martial arts action prison movies uh, that we've sort of seen. Um, I think part of that comes from the stakes involved. You know, the, uh, one that they've been kidnapped and forced into this. Um, so, so the people actually fighting, there's no sort of discerning who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, apart from sort of one bitch, basically. But... Um, for the most part, you know, you, you're faced with two people having to fight each other, and we don't have any, you know, we, we don't want either of them to die, sort of thing. You know, it, it's it's this sort of really horrific sort of situation they find themselves in. Um, they know that if they do die, then their loved ones are going to die as well. You know, they made that quite clear. Uh, they, they they even show them how, you know what happens to other other people who lose and 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 die in the ring. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it feels very different. Um, even though it's sort of directed by a guy and written by th three guys, um, they do manage to sort of capture the difference between, um, if, if this was an all male cast, for example, it wouldn't have that level of emotion that we get from this, I don't think. It would be a lot more sort of macho and stoic and everything. But, you know, this one, you know, the, the characters talk to each other, you know, um, they, they get into each other's heads. They don't want to fight each other. It's 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 a lot different to, you know, the, the, the main body of the film is a lot different to how you'd expect, I think. Um, Steve, what do you make of yep. Ray's? Um, I kind of enjoyed it up to a point. Um because it's basically just women kicking the shit out of each other for an hour and a half. Um, you know, always a bonus. <laughs> but I was very surprised with Doug Jones because I'm mm -hmm. normally, normally a fan of his. And in this, I just didn't buy him. I don't know if he's trying to camp it up too much or cheese it up or what, but I just didn't get him. Um, you didn't. You didn't really get the feeling of him being the head of some megalomania, yeah, megalomanial, um, empire sort of thing, which is what he's supposed to be. Yeah, um, but aside from that, I mean, the 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 fight, the, car, the fight scenes are just brutal as hell. Mm. Uh, really are, and 
done really well. It's directed really well. But the thing that got me was the end. Hmm. Really, really pissed me off, to be honest. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, it's a I, hate, I hate it when they do things like that because hmm. I don't know, to me, it's just pointless then. You know, why tell hmm. that story? If it ends yeah, like that, exactly. Because... Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the only the only people who are going to tell that story are the are the executives in that company. You know, in in that organization. Yeah. It's like, oh, you remember when it almost almost all went tits up? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's basically the story. Isn't it? That's, that's how it'll be yeah. told. Um, not not this sort of like act of heroism that you know, um, and sort of breaking the system and all the rest of it. But yeah, that's 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 basically what what the story is. Yeah, the one that got me as well is Rosario Dawson turning up in it. Just out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I was watching it and I was thinking, that looks like Rosario Dawson. It wasn't yeah, until exactly. I'm actually checking the credits and I realised, oh, it actually was, was that at there. The yeah. <laughs> was that like right about, at the end? No, it was about like halfway through. All right. Okay. Just one of the girls who gets beat up. I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm sure that's her. Yeah, it was. I'm like, I yeah, apparently she knew that uh, had worked with the director, or, or you know, well, the director has, has also produced a whole bunch of films, so he might have worked in a right. in that capacity. But I think, yeah, that's what it was intended as, as like a little cameo. But it was just like, yeah. what? <laughs> so I wasn't sure about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, we also get uh, Amy Johnson in this, uh, Rich. Um, yes, absolutely. The girl fighting the elevator. Ele- elevator, because they can't wait to get to the pit. Yeah, that's <laughs> so right, yeah. It's like, they're just going to start before they get there. Mm. So, which yeah, was, was yeah, that was a pretty good scene. Not um, would like to have seen more from her because it's very mm. much a a one and done kind of fight scene. She doesn't get to be one of the characters uh, really so much, but uh, always good to see her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do you how do you make this one uh, overall? I wish I'd seen it ten years ago <laughs> when it when it when it came out. I was like, oh my god! I was like, I loved it. It was really really impressed uh, with it. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. It starts out with this little bit of a bait and switch with a sort of a setting up a character who you think is going to be the lead, uh, yeah. and then it, it sort of uh, shifts it around a bit. Um, then it becomes more of an ensemble. There's there's a bit they do this thing where it's sort of broken into chapters, chapters where, yeah. uh, where they uh, say X versus X you know with the names and stuff which I didn't think I, I thought was a bit I didn't really think that worked at first but as the film progressed I think it had impact you know that the sort of it, it, it worked in, enough. I, um, I agree. If you I mean, didn't usually, have it it wouldn't have yeah. quite gelled. Yeah I, I agree I mean usually I'm quite dead set against that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, you know when you get these chapters with a sort of like really obscure sort of titles and things sort of thing. But um, yeah, I think this is to the point. It, it made sense to have it in there. Well, you I was thinking with it, so many characters, you know, what the, there mm. was one particular moment where it it shifts from one set of characters to the title card and then the other characters. And I was thinking, if I hadn't had that moment to inter- to, 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 to state up the that, thing, yeah. it, that would have been a much more jarring shift to mm. to watching those characters. Although in the, in general tournament film kind of terms, which essentially this is that's fairly par for the course i mean another uh, example would be something like uh chi kyung chung's uh underground also called 12 yeah. with, along oh. with mark strange and, and mm-hmm. stuff so, but, but there's tons of these in, in various guises um 
but I thought it it played out really well, and I thought the brutality of it was. Um, I knew I knew it was quite rough going in, but mm. still, when you're watching it, it's like, yeah, this is very much more on a par with a, something like a Project Wolf Hunting or a or a um, Night Comes for Us, which I haven't seen, but I know is, is also quite brutal. But you know, people are getting like properly eye gouged and mm. you know dragged yeah. down like walls and stuff, um, you know, by their you know faces or whatever. Um, yeah. It's 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 pretty rough in play, but I really I thought the cinematography was really good. I thought the, I mean when you you could see that the film had limited resources, very small. But I mean the pit itself is very narrow. Uh, the you don't get, have many shots of the um, uh, the villain's lair, as it were, you know, and the sort of the gathering, because this is another film with the kind of they're having a fight and they're being watched by cameras and the sort of rich people are. Are watching at it, you know, sort of yeah, getting yeah. off on it and stuff. And um, you don't actually see many big crowd shots. I mean, you think back to like the uh, Bloodsport days and stuff, you know, you didn't have to have a huge amount of money, but you'd still have big crowds of people waving money, you know, like, we don't get any of that really here. And also, I, I think that's, I think that's part of yeah. the design though. I mean, it, it mm. does, it, you know, we, we get applause yes. um, at the end of some of the fights, but. Yeah. You know, I think you know that is meant to be a bit of a reveal that yeah, yes. they're actually there on site. They're actually there. So, yeah. Well, that's why I was wasn't sure whether how they were trying to play that, whether it was an, an internet thing or whatever, because it's never fully divulged uh, as to you know to the scope of it and stuff. And I guess mm -hmm. that they're sort of leaving it up to your imagination. They're, they're sort of setting it. it. It's almost set up like this kind of cult kind of thing, yeah. which also brought them to mind. I'd recently watched Get Out, and there's a there's a little bit of a little bit of that um because there's the, it, they say that it's like this thing that they've been doing for you know without going into details but they've been doing it for a long time um uh doug jones actually i really liked i, I thought this was a nice kind of uh, i've seen him in a lot of things uh, um short films and stuff uh, as well as you know some of his bigger roles which he um uh, you know where he's often in the makeup and everything uh here where he's at when you actually see him as himself um i, don't, I haven't seen many roles where he's had uh, you know a lot of scenes it's you there was another film actually he did with zoe bell uh, uh and heidi moneymaker called uh, no touching which is a mm -hmm. sort of a haunted house meets mma kind of kind of uh, action thing uh, which is really interesting uh, but he has like a little cameo in that and that's kind of the thing way i was if, if doug jones is turning up in something it's usually a cameo from, yeah, yeah. from what well, I've seen. But yeah. in this, he's kind of meaty role plot and he's playing like, um, uh, a, he's playing with Sherilyn Fenn. Uh, she's like yeah. his, uh, his playing his wife uh, and they play really well together, I thought. You know, they, they, I, they I, don't yeah. fit, but at the same time they do fit. They're a really odd couple, you know, they're both kind of yeah. deranged and stuff and I just thought it worked quite well. I, I do like, excuse me, I do like Sherilyn Fenn. I mean, you know, obviously, mm. you know, um, Twin Peaks is a long time ago. She, she's, yeah. you know, aged a bit. Um, but she's turned up in some interesting films, like um, there's a killer polar bear movie called Maneater, which I, which I really liked. Um, she turns up in that. And she, she's been in um, the TV series SWAT for a few series as well. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's quite good in that as well. Um, so yeah, she, she, you know, she's uh, made, made a bit of a resurgence sort of the last few years. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, Going back to the, uh, just want to go back to the sort of setup and the, mm. you know, the the fact that yeah. it's this basic. It's basically a women in prison fight movie, 
you know, a variation thereof. And I think in other hands or in a, in previous generations or whatever, that would have been a much sleazier proposition. It would have been There's much more brilliant... catfighty and you know, did you read the review on IMDb? I was, I was flicking through the reviews, and one mm. of them goes, "To be honest, I did put this on because I was expecting to see some tits." Ah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but then he sort of like raves about the film. You know, it's like, but yeah, there, as you say, there is that <laughs> kind of expectation. You know, well, there are a lot of um, these sort of things. You know, heat, not not too yeah. long ago, yeah, the caged heat yeah. sort of Lloyd Simandl uh, movie. He was cr- churning them out. You know, get get uh, lots of shots of women sort of creep uh, walking around in their underwear and stuff like that. Mm. There's none of that here. I mean, they wear like bigger hugging white vests, um, but you know, there's there's nothing really more than that. Um, no. It's it's quite a, it's it's quite respectful of its characters, I think. Mm. Really, I know I, I I did like Zoe Bell in it, but I do have to I do really want to flag up Rebecca Marshall as Phoebe, who I think mm. is a great sort of villain amongst the group. I yeah. thought she 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 had a great she did a great performance. <laughs> she was really she was really having a you could tell she was having a great time uh, getting to be that character uh, rather than one of the sort of more scared ones and stuff. Uh, I, I, and there's a sort of a big build up to like a big fight with her and stuff, which, by the way, the fights are coordinated by Sam Hargrave, oh, um, right. which I, I'll be honest, I haven't read Mike Fury's book, but I, I should imagine he goes into some depth if, if, if yeah. he's if he's seen the film and and stuff to um, talk about, you know, what, um, all the stuff that because I know he's I think he's spoken with Sam Hargrave as well. Yeah. I, I, um, he's probably that's all it, I I presume that's all sort of detailed in the book and just again I, w- I really wish I'd seen it so long ago because I think it is definitely one of the best uh, and it's quite, in its own way quite distinctive from the other film I think the title put me off you know I wasn't quite mm. sure what to expect and also Zoe Bell as a lead I was always always a bit unsure of funnily enough well, the, the sort of one of the reasons I came across wanted to watch this film now although I've, I have sort of been aware of it for a long time is I watched um the documentary Stunt Women, The Untold Hollywood Story. Yeah. And I double billed that with a film that was made about 15 years earlier called Double Dare. And in Double Dare, half of the narrative is following Zoe Bell's career to, right. you know, her, you know, going from Xena Warrior Princess to, mm-hmm. you know, having a bit of a lag to going to Hollywood, uh, sort of going back, going back home, going back to Hollywood, meeting Quentin Tarantino and, you know, sort of the rest is history kind of thing so you you'll see you're seeing sort of the start of of the next part of her career in that documentary and then like like what you know 10 10 years later or whatever it was or less than that she's getting to do leading roles and she's actually done a second one with this same film's director called Camino which Camino I'm also just really good uh, uh, yeah uh, I've just uh, put it I've just put that on my watch list yeah, um, no, on Plex so, so a while ago it's, it is a very good film which also um, looks like a bit unusual because it's like a jungle kind of set story, which yeah. I'm not really sure what to expect from it. But uh, I think, you know, I've not I seen anything like by it. this director before, so I'm really yeah. keen to to check that out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I've looked, I, I think that the cast, you know, all the all the supporting players and that were really good. I mean, there was lots of people in there like um, uh, Melissa LeBog and uh, Tara Macken, both uh, who've worked on shorts and features, very good. They were also in the um, in that stunt woman stunt women documentary as well, which is also very well worth um, seeking out. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to try and go from here and sort of continue down that sort of 
Zoe Bell kind of journey and uh, and and see what more more what she's got to offer as a lead because I think there's a you know it's there's not much that's expected of her in this one but I think you know there's some scenes that are quite challenging for someone who's not come from an acting background and I think she did quite well uh, and I think I know she had some experience on things like death proof in supporting roles and that but I think she's you know um we've seen her in some we saw her in pipe which also I think shares yep. some stunt people with this film um and we quite liked like that I think she is sort of shaping up to be quite uh you know somebody definitely reliable uh, as, a, as a sort of a leading sort of action presence but not constrained to action she's she's quite with she'll push herself into sort of different areas and that which i really like she she turns up in malig uh, malignant as well um yeah she's got a supporting one. turn in, little, little, in that little, funnily little. enough actually that's um that was james one and yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know if Lee Wanell was in, involved, but obviously they did Saw together. <laughs> Actually, Lee Wanell has a yeah. has like a cameo in um, in Rays uh, as like a guard. Um, so I think there's like a connection between all those guys. Yeah. Um, they maybe work together. But yeah, she she had a nice little role in the in in the fantastic uh, 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 police station sequence. Yeah. In in Malignant, uh, was yeah. brilliant. Always great. And obviously she's. She always turns up in other Tarantino stuff as well. Yeah, just want to mention um, Bruce Thomas, who plays mm -hmm. Kurtz, the, the the head guard. Thought he was very good. He yeah, was great, good. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really there there was some really interesting stuff going on with him, especially towards the end. The camera kind of lingers on him, and you're like, yeah. "What's what's the film trying to tell us there?" It's like he's like in, he's like, "No, I don't belong in on this side," you know, kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's like, "No, I'm going back," and then there's consequences yeah. for that. Yeah, I, I, th I thought he was just sort of looking at the door, thinking the boss should have come out by now, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I love the good. I love the title card. You know, that like the last title card that comes mm. up. Okay. <laughs> Versus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. yes, that's a great. I was like, really yeah. enjoyed it. I was like, it's, a, it's yeah, a really yeah, great. It's great until, one... like you say, that that sort of downbeat part of the ending. Yeah. But before that, it's sort of like quite triumphant. <laughs> Yeah, the other little bit I did like is we get this sort of little reveal, sort of a few little flashback scenes. Um, there's a particular character who's integral in abducting these women, and and you know yeah. we we see that he's befriend you know befriended a number of them, uh, and um, been their sort of downfall. And it did remind me that there's a film um, I, again. It's a film I really like. I got a feeling you guys will hate called um bound to vengeance um which does a similar oh, thing yeah. um it, it's, it's a very good film um and again it's about you know these women have been abducted by this sort of this cult or this sort of organization and discovering exactly how big this this organization is and then who who's responsible for her you know being being um sort of held captive in the first place yeah. it, it has that sort of feel to it which, which yeah yeah like. well that was another thing that i thought was very um very similar to um to get out to bring that up again you know the, the, the there's a sort of there's there's a there's a similarity in that same kind of setup and, and what happens and also another film that came up to me was uh, i know it's in a completely different kind of vein but ready or not Mm -hmm. where you know one of the characters sort of goes into this situation they end up being this grand sort of scheme by this you know yeah. like um uh long you know 
wealthy, to, you know, sort of uh, empire or uh, not, not the right word, but you know what I'm saying, like this lineage yeah, yeah. kind yeah, of thing yeah. of like they've been doing this stuff and it's what you have been chosen. To, mm. <laughs> to this thing. It's like, in, except in this case, it's uh, many people have been chosen, but they're looking for they're looking for one. But the um, I would say the IMDb is actually a bit misleading because they say 50, 50 women have been actually the film mentions that. But at the point the story has been joined, the number oh, yeah, of women is actually gone, much yeah. less. So uh, they're sort of making it sound it, it's not it's not um, battle royale or anything mm. to that scale. Um, we're, yeah. we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we join a very small group. Mm. Actually, reminded me of things like the. Um, do you remember the one uh, that we watched recently about the te- the the sort of college sort of test group and they sort of treat people like the animals? Yes. What was that called? Somebody... I was trying to remember the name of like that dogs. Earlier. I think it was called like dogs. That was it. Yeah, that was another yes. sort of thing that came to mind of a film that was working within quite you know quite some pretty strict constraints, but sort of worked with some big ideas and stuff within it, uh, and uh, you know the interplay with the characters and who's who's being genuine, who's mis- you know um, yeah. what's what's truth, what's a lie, you know, and who who do you trust? Who's a, who's the hero? Who's the villain? You know, is anyone good in this situation? There's some yeah, there's a lot lot going on. I, I can't rate this film enough, really. I think it was a really pleasant surprise. Wish I'd seen it years ago. Highly recommended, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. This, this has been a bit of a blind spot for us. Um, we're glad to sort of uh, clear that up. Um, you, you can tell we enjoyed it because we've been talking about Ooh. it for God, know, God knows how long now. Um, this is available um, on uh, Amazon Prime or, or Freevee. Freevee. Uh, Freevee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not too many adverts, I must admit. Oh, God, I found the adverts really annoying. It was like... they, they, they are very ill-timed. Oh, cool, mate. Yeah. Yeah, they're very ill-timed, unfortunately. Um, but there you go. Um, yes, we don't. I, so, I seriously think that if you're an if you're a Prime subscriber like I am at the moment, they should really just knock the adverts out. I think that's uh, that they should just make that a benefit because it's just because half the time there are no adverts anyway. It's just an eye den or something. Mm. So uh, yeah, that, that's an aside. <laughs> Yeah, they, they are they are badly timed. You know, it's a midway through a fight or something. It's a bit ridiculous. Mm. But there you go. Um, we don't score our throwbacks, but we do recommend you go check them out. Go find it on Amazon. That is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Rich and Steve for going through these films with us. And don't don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also check out the short shots uh, where Rich puts a link to a new short every evening around about eight o'clock. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.